Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dual Axis Podcast. My name is Andy Kriebel. I am your host, and today I am fortunate to be joined by Ellie Fields. Uh, we're going to talk about everything she knows about growing a revolutionary product, and I'll give you a bit more background about that in a second. We're also going to talk about what it's like to work on something so groundbreaking. So what are some ways to make sure your product continues to stand out in the crowd? This episode is sponsored by the Maple Square. The Maple Square makes it their mission to create a space where women in data and tech are seen and can be found. Get in touch with them at themaplesquare.com. Bit of background now about today's guest. So the first moment I started using Tableau, so that was way 2007, I knew instantly that I was using something but what didn't take me real long was to realize that the differentiator with Tableau was their passion for the people behind the product community. And that's where Ellie comes in. I first met her in 2008 when she joined Tableau. And at that time, she was the first product marketer at Tableau. She never made me feel like a customer, though. I'm forever grateful for the support that she's given me along the way and helped me create my own voice in the community. As the VP of Product Marketing at Tableau, eventually grew her team to more than 30 people before moving on to become a Senior Vice President of Product Development. In March of 2021, Ellie joined SalesLoft as their Chief Product and Engineering Officer. Sounds fancy. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, I appreciate you making the time to the Dual Access Podcast. Welcome, Ellie. Well, uh, thanks for having me, Andy. This is great. Very excited <laughs> to be here. Great. Um, I guess to start, what is product marketing? That's a great question. And a lot of people in product marketing ask that because it's defined a bit differently at every company. But the way I okay. think about it is I think about um, when a product goes to market, what you start is basically a giant conversation with the market about what your product does and how people use it and what kind of value happen with that. And I, I call it a conversation. Uh, it's a term from from a book called the Clue Train Manifesto that actually came out a long time ago in internet years, about 25 years. But um, it's not a uh, great product marketing is not a push. I'm going to tell you what you should think about this thing. It's a conversation with the market that involves the people putting out the product and uh, the people using the product, the people watching the product, the competitors. Uh, and it, it means kind of positioning, messaging, um, thinking through pricing in many cases, thinking through uh, the depth of how you explain the product, sometimes very technical documents, launching new capabilities, things like that. Okay. And, and what's the difference between, you know, traditional marketing and product marketing? I get the two confused and always think they're the same, but they're actually quite different, right? Typically, product marketing is part of traditional marketing. Okay. And so you, you have a marketing team that thinks about where do we put what messages and what channels? So are we buying LinkedIn ads or are we... You know, what's our, our voice on Twitter like? And are we buying digital ads and print things and thinking about that whole marketing mix? Um, product marketing, I used to call the message machine because product marketing is where you think about what are we trying to say to the market in this moment and to which part of the audience of the market? And then you work with the various channels to make sure the right message is showing up in the right way in, in, in each place. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's a, uh, it's an interesting link back to the brand because the brand I always think of as kind of the soul of a company and the yeah. product product marketing then helps you kind of translate that. So you're showing up consistently with a consistent message and a consistent tone and a, just a way, a way that you come to market a little bit like a person should show up slightly differently uh, at a 
you know, a, a funeral versus a, 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 a party, but um, still the same person. Yeah. So what would you then consider some of the core principles of product marketing? When I think about product marketing, I think it all comes down to your positioning in the market. What are you trying to say to the market? What, what change, especially with a disruptive product, are you trying to get out there? And it, it goes beyond just saying, hey, my product is great for ABC. With great product marketing, what you're trying to do is influence the larger conversation about why someone uses a product. So, for example, at Tableau, um, when we came to market and, uh, and when I was there, uh, traditionally what companies would do is buy very, very large business intelligence systems. And you'd have a room full of people who were churning out reports. And um, and that was just the way it was done. I mean, it was an established market, a pretty big market, you know, tens of billions of dollars and, and, and everyone had one. And it wasn't really working for most companies. And we had a whole different approach. And so at that stage, especially with a very disruptive product, we were less trying to tell people about, you know, Tableau has this capability or that capability and more trying to change their expectations for what they could get and achieve with data. You shouldn't have to wait six months to get a report. You shouldn't have to give it to somebody in a room in another building. You ought to be able to just ask and answer a question of data. And if you can change that perception, then there's, there's room for your product to come into. Um, so there's, that's a lot of how kind of product marketing thinks is what, what are we trying to change? What conversation are we trying to influence? Um, what are we trying to say in it? So, and when I started using Tableau, the business model was we just need to get in the door, right? So start with that one person in the company. Uh, like I was at Coca-Cola, first person to use Tableau there. Um, is that what then Tableau would use as part of their product marketing say, okay, we're small to sell these massive deals into these companies. Nobody knows who we are. It's trying to bring, you trying to reach that individual and then expand to everybody else versus the other way around. We definitely tried to reach people first. We tried to reach people who felt a passion for data and, and believed in the transformative nature of data in their organization. And those people then carried our message internally, very right. close to product marketing, um, and different organizations do it different ways, but is, is customer marketing. And a, one rule, yes, about principles, but one uh, principle or rule maybe of, of any marketing is if your customer is going to start talking for you, shut up and let them talk. <laughs> and so if you, have, uh, if you have people at Coca-Cola, as you were, or other companies, and they are just, they've got results and impact from what they're doing with the product, and they're evangelizing it internally, you work with them to equip them and help them. And they okay. carry the message for the most part. Right, right. And and realize you realize things like case studies where you 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 yeah. take that with permission, of course, and make it public and write a story about it, et cetera. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I was being product marketed, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'll I'll say all these things, it's it's funny. Um, we put people in departments and boxes and so on, but a lot of times, and this was definitely true at Tableau, the core of it is you just believe the world can be different and, and better. And you work towards that. And, and I think one of the things that was really different at Tableau was we we had a transformative product and the people there did believe in the mission, as you kind of alluded to in your, your the beginning, yeah. not just for organizations to be better, but for the world to be better, to have a richer conversation about yeah. everything yeah. involving data. And, um, and so uh, one of the other principles, again, I think about is 
you have to believe in what you say. Yeah. And you have to believe in what you're telling customers. You have to believe you're actually making a positive change in their life and in their organization. Uh, or it just doesn't, it doesn't come across authentically. And, and you also don't feel great about what you're doing. So yeah. I think that's, that's really important. Tell me a bit about sales loft and what you do there and how you take in your experiences. You've got vast experience in product marketing. Now, how have you tra- taken that over into sales loft to help transform their business? Yeah, great question. I think um, product marketing is really just the the study of of how you show up in market and how you you participate in the market. So I've definitely taken a lot of those experiences with me as I've moved into uh, more of the product management side and, and product and engineering at Salesoft. A lot of it is just understanding how that conversation is happening. What do people think of your product now? Where are the points of leverage where something could be radically different than before? And how do you communicate that? To, to people. And what's interesting is in, in technology, a lot of times that conversation is so closely intertwined with what you're actually building, because hopefully you're building the things that will take the market for it. And then you're trying to communicate those things to the market. So it's a very, very tight loop. You're, you're uh, um, you know, a lot of product management, especially as you go up to the, uh, to the executive level is thinking about how, how to land in market. Yeah. We're going to come to community in a minute. One of the things I think Tableau was great at was taking those people that the initial people in the company, kind of the land and span, and then building the community around those people. But we're going to come back to that because I think that's a, a critical aspect to, to product marketing as well. Um, but I, I want to go back to uh, back to just product marketing in general. I don't know if it's successful. Great question. Product marketing acts through a lot of marketing channels. And so you can see how those move. For example, if you launch a product, you're typically going to see in your website visits and in other marketing, a pop, right? And depending on how effective your message is, you're going to see a larger or a less large pop. And then you're going to, you're, you're actually going to keep some traffic, traffic after that, right? The idea is that you, you maybe pop around an event, but you, you land at a higher baseline than before. So you can measure through things like that. You can, Certainly message test, especially in digital channels, you can message test how how different messages are landing. Um, you know, ultimately, you can, of course, look at the, the growth of uh, of the revenue and the product. And interestingly, product marketing even comes out in things like uh, churn and customer satisfaction, because if you have a message that isn't resonant with how the product actually works, people might buy it, but then ultimately abandon it. Yeah. And so really, in a way. Yeah, or, or you're just not fulfilling the promises you put out there. And so yeah, yeah. Um, you can see product marketing and everything from win rate to uh, marketing, uh, you know, marketing leads and, and channel mm-hmm. performance to turn. What and was your it's hard. It's, I know that sounds amorphous, but then what you do is you kind of compare what messages are in what places and when you came out with kind of a, a different way of positioning something and see how that moves the needle. Mm-hmm. What are the typical ways, I I don't even know if this is possible, that you can directly link, you know, a marketing campaign to a sale? That's that's almost impossible, isn't it? You just try to sort of see, you know, how did we reach this person? Did it come from an ad we ran or an email we sent them or something? Is like that always seems like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can. And actually, it's a, it's a, it's a fun data challenge. And um, <laughs> uh, in the industry, they call it attribution. And, and you've got everything from right. 
how the channels, you know, which channel hit this person first? Was it a, a LinkedIn ad or did, did they get a white paper or something, which is rarely the very first contact. Um, but you can absolutely message test as well and, and uh, attribute through sales, right? We, we at sales off. One of the things we do is let companies run um, kind of prescribed sales plays around a topic. Maybe it's a, you know, if your product is broad, maybe you have two or three topics that are really interesting to people and you can see how cadences on those different topics hit, you know, sales mm-hmm. plays on those topic hits. You can change messaging, right. And give some, some core messaging to sellers. So as they're speaking to people, they can um, see which of those, you know, resonate um, in, in decks, right. And in, in pitch decks and things. And so mm-hmm. you can actually trace messaging through all the way through the, the beginning of the demand funnel out at marketing through the seam of product and marketing uh, of uh, marketing and sales, excuse me, and all the way out to the final sale and beyond. Okay, gotcha. Let's let's look back again. We're going to going to tee on a bit of your uh, a career tour for you. You were the first product marketer at Tableau, like I like I said in the intro. How did you even know where to start? Well, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot to do at the time, and. Um, it was a, we were about to launch a new version. I think version five was my new, my, my first version, uh, maybe 4.1. And, um, and so trying to think about how do we frame up this launch was really important. And in the, the kind of product that we were, we were marketing, you really had to explain what was different about all the new capabilities in the, in the core positioning. And so we uh, spent quite a bit of time on that. I think we're also trying to think about, core message and how that, how that tests with different industries, right? Um, it's a, it was not a verticalized product, but it was one that applied to many industries. And so thinking about, well, how do we talk about this in manufacturing? How do we talk about this here and there? Um, there were some, there were some things that um, we just wanted to get more, uh, more thoughts out on, for example, the blog and social media, we kind of had a very minimal presence. And so we wanted to make sure that, 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 that was there. Um, so those were all things I was looking at. And then the, I think one of the, the biggest questions as you start in product marketing is, um, is there something very immediate to do? But also looking at the breadth versus depth of content, you know, you, you bring people in sometimes with breadth. We talked about the message machine and hitting a lot of channels. But as people are really considering a product, they often want the depth, right? They want, they, whether it's a white paper or a webinar or whatever it is, they want something that helps them go to the next level. And, uh, and so evaluating, do you, do you have that? And we didn't have a lot of that at Tableau when I started. And so really trying to build out that depth, um, even in things like top 10, uh, uh, table calculations and, um, which you may, which you may remember things like that as we brought out new table calculations. W- one other thing I always try to do when I look at product marketing is say, how do you stand out in the market? Right? The thing about a message is it's very, very easy to copy. And so I think it's important to know why people are listening to you. You can do that with, uh, with great images. We did that actually a lot of times with the product. We tried to use the product wherever we could mm-hmm. as a proof point, if you will, along with customer voices and things like that. So all over our website, you would see the product in action. And that was something that really convinced people that this wasn't just um, another BI tool telling you can do everything with data because every BI right. tool said you can do everything with data. Um, so thinking about how you actually stand out is is super important in, in product marketing. Yeah. What kind of support did you have at the beginning or did you have kind of complete freedom to figure it out? I had complete freedom at that time. I was working very closely with uh, 
Christian and Chris, two of the founders on yeah. messaging and, and how we, how the product showed up and how we wanted to position it and launch it. And that was, uh, that was amazing. Those two were, were so deep in what we were building and why we were building it, that they were just a, a treasure right. trove of information. Um, at least I think the, uh, the head of marketing provided great support and, um, but on the on the whole, I was able to do uh, a lot of, uh, you know, it was, it, you could call it freedom or you could call it uh, how startups work. And maybe just one one quick story. When when I started, we were in a adjunct in, to the to the office in a strip mall because Tableau had just kind of not a strip mall, kind of a, a small office. And uh, Tableau had kind of grown out of the main office, so we had started putting people in this this side office. And um, at one point, I was in a cube in this office with literally two other people on the two other surfaces of the cube. And so we had to coordinate when we would back up our chairs and get out of, uh, of, funny. Uh, of our space. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think it was, it was freedom and it was also just the job that needed to be done. Yeah. When did you realize that you were working with like a truly transformational product? Was there like a Very moment early. where was it, was there like a moment when, you know, the light bulb went off, like, Oh my God. Yeah. I think it wasn't talking to customers. It was talking to customers. And uh, I would get on the phone with customers, these early customers, and they would just talk about how they could go home earlier because they weren't messing around, you know, trying to mm. fix a, a, an Excel report or something. They would talk about, how, what they found. Um, and it was through their insights. One woman I remember told me, she said, I was in a room with all the partners at my firm. I think it was some kind of an environmental consulting or a, a science, scientific firm. And she said, I showed them what I found and there was dead silence. And she thought, Oh no, I, I, I look like I an idiot. Like I, something like- they, they knew this or they, you know, they, it's, and after a few seconds, one of the partners said, oh, my God, we've never realized that before. Yeah, yeah. And so it's moments like that and hearing that percolate through people's lives and their organizations and what they're able to achieve, where I was, where, where I remember thinking, wow, this, I knew the product was great, but this is really different. Yeah, yeah. It's almost the identical experience that I had, which is so it's really interesting you share that you share that same story. What were some of the biggest challenges you had that, you know, other than maybe moving your chair within the cubicles, what yeah. were some of the some of the early challenges you had? The biggest challenge we had early on at, at Tableau was it was really just breaking out of the noise. It's hard for a startup and the, the tech press, God love them, they love to cover a funding um, and an exit. And right. so, you know, we were at the time running in a very fiscally responsible way, which is always a yeah. great thing for a company to do. We do the same thing at SalesLoft. And so we weren't taking round after round of gigantic numbers of funding. And uh, and so we weren't getting covered for that. And I remember trying to even get our product covered, you know, a new launch covered in the Seattle tech blog or something right. like that. And, and, uh, and they wouldn't give us the time of day. Um, to the point where when we finally went public, a lot of people talked about us as an overnight success story. And, you know, at that point, I had been at the company for five years. It had been going right. for a few years before I joined. I was like, this was not an overnight success story. This was yeah. this was grinding it out and, and really pushing. Um, so that was one. I think the other big challenge that any 
small company has and, you know, going back to being fiscal responsible is where to invest, right? We saw an exploding market. We saw demand everywhere, geographically, across verticals, across use cases. We, we just saw a a tremendous um, uh, possibility and yet we weren't trying to blow through cash fast. And so, you know, how do you invest? What do you prioritize um, to take advantage of that? Mm. Let me go on to back back to kind of impacting people's lives. So you, you mentioned the one the one customer you, you spoke to before, and I'm a hundred percent convinced that if I hadn't started using Tableau, my wife my 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 life would not be as fulfilling as it is. I wouldn't have the job a job that I love. Wouldn't have found kind of my passion for things. And I, I'm sure I'm only one of thousands and thousands of of people that Tableau has impacted that way. What was that like for you to hear those kinds of stories? It was really meaningful. And um, I mean, Andy, as you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard data geek myself. I, <laughs> I love, I love me some data. Uh, and I, I, I personally um, love working with data. And I think hearing those stories really gave me uh, a lot of meaning and purpose, partly because it helped transform people's careers. Right. And we always yeah. had a rule in, in marketing, make the customer the hero. The customer is the hero. Um, make sure they get, all the credit, all the, you know, all the, all the props. We saw so many customers go through promotion after promotion after promotion yeah. um, because of what they could do. And that was really fulfilling. I think as we started to get a little later on and we went into Tableau Public, which was our free product, it was extremely gratifying to see what people could do with public data because I do think mm-hmm. we live in a world that has all kinds of stories. Data stories um, are, are part of that. In fact, you could say every single story has data as part of it. And so there's a, a narrative element and qualitative element, but there's a quantitative element to everything we do from agricultural policy to the local sports league to, um, you know, science and, and the environment and what's happening there. Um, so we had, we had people uh, visualizing on all of those topics and that was, that was incredibly gratifying to me. And I know many uh, on the team because you know, we're at a point in the world where we need to be able to to look at things deeply and not just take one story, uh, you know, one person's story, but look at the personal side and and the aggregate side. Um, mm. So, so vastly meaningful. Yeah. So, I guess Tableau Public is a is a differentiator for people careers because it's like you know the analogy I like to use is if you're looking to hire an interior designer, you look at their portfolio. You don't look at where they went to school, right? So exactly. if you're looking for somebody that's good with analysis and data visualization, they go to their Tableau public profile and people get hired that way. Um, Absolutely. Was the intent? Yeah, just it, it was the intent. It was the, the intent was to, uh, from, from a business perspective, just get the word out farther. Because right. again, it's that breakthrough thing, right? How do you break through no matter how, uh, how good your product is. And um, we thought, gosh, if people could just see this and use it, they, they would understand. Right. So that was, that was definitely the intent as we, as we started to get uh, the community built out and authors, the author profile page in particular, we, we talked about as a resume for, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for authors of visualization. So they could showcase their work. They could get it all together in, in one place. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so we, we really designed with that in mind. Okay. That, that worked a lot for me. So, you know, all of my jobs yeah. I've had since well, I started I, using Tableau is because of that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember I hired actually somebody from, uh, from the information school at one point. Um, oh yeah. Because yeah, we yeah. needed someone yeah. to build out some, so, some Rachel, dashboards. Uh, Rachel and, Costa. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. She was great. But the way that, that we vetted people was I went and looked at their Tableau public profile and yeah. um, narrowed it down. And then we talked to people and it, it made it much easier to get somebody great. Yeah, that that's good to hear. I'm glad they I'm glad they were helpful to you. Uh, excellent. Um, so, what was kind of life like inside the company, um, and uh, how did you, you know, as far as like when you had a case study like mine or you know any other customer, where you're impacting the lives? You know, you've told me a bit about how that impacted you, but how how did that impact kind of the, maybe the culture of the company or how did those things resonate around the company? Like what was the impact similar to what you were experiencing? Yeah, I think we really were a, um, a small unrecognized mission driven company out of Seattle. And so I think everybody from the sellers to the finance staff to, uh, you know, definitely the developers were just really, really excited when we heard about stories like yours and, and others. And, um, and, and in a really, you know, the word authentic is, is overused these days. Um, but in a really authentic way, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, yay, we got a $10,000 sale. I mean, sure. Of course, we're all ex- always excited to, <laughs> to, uh, to make a sale and make sure the company could continue to run, but it bills, was, yeah, yeah, exactly. got to pay the bills, but, um, but it was, it was really authentic and our customer success, became our own. And uh, we were very, very customer focused because we just thought that was the right way to, to deliver value and partner with our customers. Yeah. I, I do want to tell one, uh, one story about the day that we went public, um, which, as I said, we were the, the overnight success right. after uh, a decade of work. And um, what was amazing, uh, uh, a number of us at Tableau went out to the stock exchange for that day. I think about 60 yeah. of us actually. And, uh, the most, um, it was a very emotional day, not because the company made money and, and you know, people made some money after, after a lot of hard work, but because it was this moment where the community really was behind us. And, and I remember being uh, texting with customers, um, you know, from around the world who were congratulating us and it, and, and employees. And it just felt like this moment where yeah. we were all just, Finally, we were all being seen, like the community Tableau. And one thing that was really unique and I, uh, about that experience, and I think is the mark of a great community, is when I think about Tableau, I actually think about the the product, the employees, and the customers. It's just different different waves out. I mean that that whole experience, just like the relationship you and I have, as as you mentioned, is it, it's just as meaningful to me as as the employee relationships I had. You know, the colleague right. relationships and. Um, and I think that there was a, a sense of we're doing this together that was really shared across all of those people. Yeah. That's a good segue into talking about community and Tableau in particular has just, I mean, it's, it's what drives Tableau. I had a chat with uh, a woman named uh, Carmen Taubman a few weeks ago, and she helps companies consult on, you know, kind of the balance between community and, and marketing and one of the things that she mentioned that really that, that's really resonated with me that I know it this way is that marketing's about reaching new customers, community's about keeping them. So mm-hmm. the question that I asked her was, if if you had five thousand dollars, would you spend it on marketing or would you spend it on community? It depends. It depends on where you Classic are. If you're consultant answer. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I mean, if you if you don't, uh, there has to be a germ of the community there for you to nurture it. Right. And, and um, 
and, and it is nurturing. You can't own a community almost definitionally. Right. right? Um, so if, if what your challenge is, is to get customers, you better go market and get some customers. But at the point where you have a, a you know, a, a core of people who are really engaged and you're starting to see that passion and that excitement, I think leaning into that is, is important. Um, I think you, you always need to do some marketing. You always need to be bringing people in. Yeah. So um, I think that there's, you probably never want to spend less than half of that budget on marketing. I guess just to give you a really hard non-consultant answer. Um, and the other thing about community is it's uh, there's definitely ways you can spend money, but on true, you know, new customer marketing, it's, it's tends to be dollar intensive. And so you, right, you know, if you want right. to make any there, you need to put dollars there. I guess from, from a Tableau perspective, the community drove itself. So you never really had to invest in the community other than providing a platform where people could have those conversations like on the forums um, or Tableau public. Of course, there's an investment in those things, but you never really had to, you know, I guess you nurtured the community in a way, but, you know, from my experience, it seemed like maybe from the outside that Tableau was just letting the community organically go the way it needs to go. There was definitely an aspect of that, and there was it. It was a it was a great community for that. We, we did actually invest a lot of thought, I would say, in how to move the community. We did things like early biz contests where we get seven or eight contestants and and yeah. judge them. <laughs> um, maybe a very early precursor to Iron Biz or something. Um, we we one of the things we did I mentioned earlier was always make the customer the hero. We would highlight customers in blogs. Um, there was a, an early user group movement, which we supported sometimes with, with dollars, small dollars. Yeah, yeah exactly. The first sometimes we yeah. sponsor space or yeah, pizza or something. I personally went to a lot of those user group meetings and mm. so did others at Tableau, sometimes speaking, sometimes just attending. Um, so we, we had a focus on it. Um, and I think we're, we're deliberately trying to bring people together, trying to shine spots, spotlights, trying to give, um, props to um, the authors, but yeah, there was a lot of it that grew on its own. I think, mm. I think also we when we created the um, uh, the Zen Masters and Ambassadors, that was a deliberate focus on trying to highlight and in some ways give back to the community because we found these people who were um, maybe answering a ton of questions on the forums, you know, at, or or blogging a lot and sharing their knowledge as as you did, you know, yeah. and um, and and we wanted to recognize them in a way that they could use professionally and, and give them kind of a title that was meaningful mm. so they could go and, and and with all the work that they were doing, go and say, wow, I've, I've earned this honor. And, um, and that was, I think a big part of it as well. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I first found out that I was becoming a Zen master, I think it was like 2012, I think was the, and I had no idea what it, what it even meant. Right. And I was like, Oh, right. I was just always doing this stuff for a time i didn't realize anything in it right other than anything, you know so now people know about it and they sort of they intentionally try to move their career that direction i guess which um you know is is okay yeah. but uh it's uh to me sometimes it feel as authentic as it used to um but i guess yeah. that's the nature of it when it becomes when people understand a bit more um about about what it's like so yeah. uh, again going back to the community um how do you define community I think community is the conversation that is happening between the customers and, and the company specifically um, that 
is usually usually led by a few champions or, or there's folks in there who are kind of leading leading that discussion. Um, but it's it's the ongoing back and forth of why are we doing this? What's the meaning? What do we need? And um, and it's just that kind of ongoing ongoing conversation. I realize that's a kind of a nebulous way to describe it, but I think it's, um, uh, you know, you, you can break it down into component parts. Like you mentioned the forums, user groups, contests. We have Iron Visit at Tableau, um, social campaigns, things like that. Whenever we launched, we, we would do something fun like the uh, Joy of Six campaign um, and often get... get uh, I used to have a t-shirt. Awesome. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. Um, but just have fun with it. Uh, that that's a lot of what we would do. But I think it's it's those engaged people who are constantly in the conversation and are are a part of it. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give to other companies that are looking to start a community? I think the main thing is to f- spend a few moments and listen and find what really generates the excitement in your, in your user base, right. In, in your customers, what's the vein that they are so passionate about. And that's going to inform your, your um, development and your marketing in general, but it it definitely informs your community. And uh, I think you also hit on something where you said, Hey, there was this, um, this genuineness to what you were trying to do to just teach people to share knowledge, to, to take the overall level of, of data visualization up. Yeah. And um, I think that's important too. I, I, I sometimes see compu- companies try to build communities on extrinsic, re- extrinsic rewards only. Like you're going to get this title or maybe. Right. Like the Microsoft MVP kind of program or whatever you do enough things and you get this little pat on the back kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that one has some intrinsic elements as well, I think, but I, I think you have to find the, the true core, like what is intrinsic, what really moves people because um, you, you really can't buy a community in, in any way possible. You cannot buy a community. I, I think I would say that's the first thing. The second thing is to experiment a lot with how to start the conversation. Cause a lot of what you're doing it, when you are doing this nurturing is um, you're elevating people who are who are champions in the community. You're starting conversations. You're seeing what hits. And some will and some won't, right? I mean, you you can't um, you you can't force it ever, but you can observe, see where the passion is, see where the heat and light are, and um, and go with it. You learned a lot about starting a community at Tableau. How have you taken that experience into Salesforce? Yeah, Salesloft is a is a great, very different community. It's a community of sellers and people who are passionate about serving buyers well. Um, one of the things I've learned at Salesloft is um, is how deep the passion for really working with customers goes with a lot of sellers, and uh, and so you know connecting with that community in a lot of ways on LinkedIn, for example, or um, at the the events we do. We just did an event in Austin, our Sales Love event. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. It's find the passion. Um, sales love is is uh, kind of the tagline, for for lack of a better word, that we, we think of here. And it really represents the idea of honing your craft, um, loving your yeah. your buyers if you're a seller, uh, lo- us loving our customers, and really having a a uh, strong discussion around how to do this well. Right? Not a not a selling gets a bad rap sometimes. 
um, but really how to find the core of what's great in selling and uh, and lean into that. So that's the conversation that we have at SalesLoft with the community. And then it's it's engaging in all the different places and getting to know customers and finding out who's who's out there and so on. Yeah. One more question for you, and then and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, what yeah. gets you out of bed every day? Great question. I love building products and building teams. And those two things go together. I don't think you can do one without the other. Well, you definitely can't build products without building teams. I think teams need a purpose. <laughs> but the, the thing that I really think about a lot as a, as a data geek is how to make data really as useful as possible. And one of the one of the things I believe is that data has to be in a workflow. And I think pushing the boundary of how to make people more productive, but inject data into the right spots so that they can be, be and do their best. I'll use, again, SalesLoft as the example. Sellers are people. Companies hire people for a reason. You know, they're not robots. They're not computers. Robots and computers do different things. Sellers are great at connecting building relationships, guiding through a process, but they're often faced with a bunch of um, overhead, like checking a bunch of inboxes and emails and so on. So I'm really fascinated by the question of how do you get all of that overhead work off of them and also give them data in that workflow in the moment where they can use it? Because you don't want a seller going and looking at 50 dashboards in a day. They probably don't want to do it. And that's not how you you want sellers spending their time. But they are smart. They know what they're doing. And if they have the right data in the right moment, they don't have to go search for it. They're going to mm-hmm. be able to make better decisions. And when I look at the state of, um, call it software technology or productivity or, or, or any of those words you want to use, I think that moving that boundary on how do we help people do work in a great way through workflow and data married together is a super interesting question. And that's that's what gets me out of bed. That's great. Thank you very much, Ellie. Um, for those of you that are listening, if you enjoyed this, if you're on YouTube, please give it a like. Don't forget to subscribe. And I'd love your feedback, so please leave a comment. If you're listening to us to, via one of the podcasting platforms, please don't forget to subscribe and, and give the show a rating. It'll help us reach more people and bring more conversations uh, to other people and help them grow their careers as well. Uh, so be sure to tune in next week. Speaking of community, my guest is Will Sutton. So Will was the IronViz champ at Tableau Conference 2022. I still have no idea how he built what he did, and I've listened to him present about how he did it. It's just, you know, the world, the kind of things. I never knew Tableau could do some of those things. But we're going to talk about his life before and after IronViz because it is indeed um, a life changer for people. We're going to talk about what, what you can learn from entering competitions, what it's like to be on stage in front of thousands of people. I know my hands would probably be shaking. I'd be mistyping all that kind of stuff. I'd be terrified up there in front of that many people, but like super composed. So I'm interested to know, you know, kind of how did he approach that? Did he get coaching? Whatever that might be. Uh, We're going to talk to him about the storytelling that he had and lots more. If you'd like to get in touch with Ellie, her contact information is in the show notes. And thanks again, Ellie, for joining me. I appreciate it. And it's great seeing you again. Thanks for having me. Good to see you as well, Andy.